You are listening to the Business Wilderness, the voice of entrepreneurs. Welcome to the Business Wilderness. My name is Amr Al-Huli and today I have a very special guest with me, Mr. George Popescu from Lampix. George, how are you? Very good, Ahmad. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thank you for joining me on the show. Um, it's a pleasure to have you on. George, take me back in time. Where did it all begin for you? You're very welcome. So, um, you know, I think... We all came from Africa, and then we moved through Southeast Asia, and <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, so I was actually born in Romania. I'm very Romanian, as the name, my last family name indicates. And when I was a teenager, I moved to France. I went to school there, and after undergrad, I came uh, to the U.S., yeah. to MIT in Boston, and that was 15 years ago, now that I think about it, a long time. Wow! Wow! There you go. So um, and then you started at you studied at MIT, and then what happened after that? Uh well, I I think so. I, I have a I have a, a cousin, and with him we share the same grandfather, and we are the only two ones in the family who are very entrepreneurial. So I think I've had the entrepreneurial gene from very early on, and I always started to start start companies and build companies. So after I done, I, I, I was done getting the, the three master's degrees I have, I started my first company, Boston Technologies, which was a software company in currencies. A CEO, co-founder, I built it to about 100 people, 20 million in revenue, offices around the world in Tokyo, Shanghai, Jakarta, Boston, New York, London. And then I sold it in 2014. I called it the first cycle, about seven years. It took me. Uh, in the same time, I had one or two other companies. Then, my second cycle, I started a craft beer brewery, an online lender, an investment fund. I sold, exited, closed some of these. And then I now started the third cycle. I like to refer to as third cycle. That was, they just started two years ago. And this one, uh, I have two, Lampix, which is my main company, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of Lampix. Wow. A lot, a lot happening. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell us a bit about Lampix and, and what you guys do. Sure. So um, there's two parts. Um, Lampix is a uh, tabletop augmented reality company. Are you familiar with that, what that is? Yeah, I am. But there's, uh, but man, many of my listeners might not be. So, so bring it down to I'm, layman terms. Your average person terms. Really, Really glad you're familiar because we kind of we kind of made up the world, so yeah. so that's why not everybody's familiar with it. Um, you know how you have glasses where you can see information yeah. on top of stuff that you see through the glasses, like Google Glasses and and so on. Yeah. Um, we took the same principle, but we got rid of the glasses, and we apply it to very practical conditions. So take a restaurant. Yeah. You have on top of your table a little lamp. In the lamp, there's a projector and a camera. And that lamp projects on the table, and the camera watches what happens on the table. And this allows us to project on the table a game, which you control with your fingers. Or you can use the fork and the knife part of the game. 
or it allows us to project on the table uh, the menu and you can turn the pages with your fingers so it, it augments the, the top of your table in a restaurant or in a bar. Wow. Now think a retail store. Uh, you walk in a retail store, you see a little table, you put there a sweater you like, you will project around, the, you recognize the sweater first, you will project around the sweater like kind of information you see on Amazon. What, where it came from, what else people bought, what color it comes from, and so on. But all of this while you touch the sweater, like a product recommendation kind of thing. And this can be applied to many other industries. Uh, we also do collaboration where it syncs your desk with somebody else's desk far away, as if you're sitting next to, 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 to each other. Uh, we have customers in retail, I mentioned in the car, BMW is a customer, Nespresso is a client. Uh, BNP Paribas and, and, and so on. So we have a, quite a lot of customers right, right now. Excuse me for the interruption, but I have a very important message. Stop recklessly spending your money on ad spend and start building your brand. Discover how content marketing can establish your business as a household name. The Business Wilderness has helped organizations generate hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue through content and social media marketing. In one particular case, we helped an organization generate over $200 million in 12 months. Go to www.businesswilderness.com forward slash free consult, F-R-E-E-C-O-N-S-U-L-T and receive your free consultation. Back to the show. Wow, so you, you mentioned some very, very large brands. Um, how, how, how was it getting through to these brands? Was it, was it a bit of a process or? Well, uh, it was definitely a bit of a process. We started the company about two and a half years ago. So in the same time, it was pretty fast. Um, but the, the, in, the interesting part is that we were lucky enough to win a few competitions. So at South by Southwest a year ago, we won best AR VR pitch competition. Nice. Uh, we were featured in TechCrunch Disrupt. So these featurings attracted a lot of attention in the press. And then these large companies called us and asked to work with us. Really? So, yeah. yeah, so that's how we got most of them, actually. We finally now have a marketing team and a sales team. So now we're starting to reach out to people. But, you know, we if you go to our website or in our news releases and press releases, you'll see a lot of info about companies who reach out to us. Very nice, very nice, awesome. So, um, tell us a bit about the, about the whole AR VR industry right now. I mean, everybody claims to have the next uh, piece of AR technology that's going to change the world, and so on, so on. There's one one particular industry that I believe that can really monetize on AR, and that's retail. Uh, and a few different organisations have tried to really make the most of it and uh, make it easier for consumers to, to try to try clothes on virtually like through their screen and so on and so on but they haven't been able to really kick it off um where's this space going where do you where do you guys see arvr going and how how will so, it impact industries like like retail Sure, sure. So, uh, retail is definitely one of the verticals we focus on. Yeah. Um, people 
retail is having an issue because the in-store experience is not very good, it's slow, you don't have much information, you can't compare prices, you don't have as much, it's not as fun as, as, and as efficient and as shopping online for some products. For others, you want to try them on, so that's, that makes more sense. But uh, Amazon is gaining a lot of market share. Um, and the retailers are looking how to improve the experience and how to, to justify people actually physically going to a store for stuff that you can perfectly, perfectly find buy online. So that's, that's what we see there. In terms of the bigger picture on VR, AR, we're not in VR. I can talk a little bit about it. My personal belief is that VR will be very strong in entertainment, in the kind of things you do by yourself in a basement. <laughs> with other people online and I won't comment more on that what that means um, the, the AR though imagine you're, you're still part of the same reality you still see the people next to you so this AR are kind of things that you'll do in your living room in your kitchen in your dining room that you'll do in a store that you'll do on the street that you'll do in your office so to me AR is much more powerful and is much more you can do much more yeah um, and, and, and retail is one of the verticals that seems to be very strong. Um, now, most people are familiar with AR with glasses, but remember, we're talking here about glassless AR with a projector, tabletop, augmented reality, projector-based AR. So this, you know, it's, it's very different. There are some stuff you do with glasses that you can't really do well with tabletop AR. All the stuff where you have to travel around, when you say, walk around the office and the glasses give you directions, turn left, turn right, go to the elevator, go to the third floor. This is not it. The stuff where this is very strong is gaming, for example. Think of a game of Mo Monopoly that's projected on your, on your table. And when you build a house, the house actually builds on the thing. And, and stuff like, like that. Uh, and think races, car races, think all these amazingly visual things you can do on a tabletop with a projector that you control your fingers and objects. Um, retail, as I mentioned as well, is very strong. We see a lot of traction in restaurants. So I would say, you know, uh, maybe maybe it could, it could be a subsection of retail or not. Um, airports seem to like this very much, and uh, smart cities. Uh, we see a lot of applications in education because you can record instructions which you can then project on top of what you're doing. So imagine you have to disassemble a drone, right? And you have a screwdriver in your hand and you have to remove some, some, uh, some actual screws. This system can point you an arrow, can project an arrow on top of the drone saying, this screw, unscrew this now. And then as you unscrew it, it can see that you unscrewed it. And then it points you the next one automatically. You don't have to scroll through the instructions. So it's very strong in uh, industrial environment and manufacturing and just pure education could be technical or my sister is a history teacher and she wants to put maps and draw on the maps and stuff like that. Um, we mentioned about office and collaboration. It's also very big potential there. And then other entities who are really interested in working with us and who have already engaged are art galleries or shows, trade shows, because all these booths, they want to showcase things around their product. It's a, people are approaching us for, for um, showcasing things. Um, I, for example, um, I, I cannot name it. It's a big, it's a big alcohol uh, manufacturer who's going to bring to bars an experience 
using this and ingredients and drinks and all, all, all of that. Wow. Makes sense. Absolutely. Um, so we see where, where the space is heading and how different organizations are using it to basically disrupt their industries. Um, I mean, this is a very powerful product. What are some of the challenges and, and difficulties that you guys faced building this product? Many of them. <laughs> First, you know, there's two types of companies. Yeah. If I was to tell you, I can build a company that will send uh, 142 character messages over the internet. Yeah. You think, yeah, I can probably build that in a day, right? And then the question is, does anybody need that kind of stuff? It turns out, yes, and it's Twitter. Um, yeah. But if I tell you I can build a flying car, yeah. you will think, oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure people will buy it, but can you really build it? So this is where we are. So we're a kind of company who innovates from a technology point of view, and it works, so we can build it, and we're using similar technologies as in self-driving cars, computer vision, machine learning, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, it, it works 99% of the time, same reliability, same responsiveness as a smartphone, which, by the way, is not perfect. Nothing is, is perfect. Of course. Um, but the, so, the, so we have some technological issues. We're improving things, so on. We increase the uh, responsiveness, the CPU power, the quality of the camera, the projector resolution. Our projector uses 650 lumens, for example, uh, which means it works great in a well-lit working environment because that's what we need. Uh, now, because of technology we use, the device is 350 bucks right now. We we kind of offer it half price for now to get traction. So, it, it, no, it's cost effective. You can go on our website, landpix.com, and buy the dev kit for 350 US dollars right now. Um, but the other challenges we, we, we actually face are more people trying to understand how powerful this is. People are used to interfaces, keyboard and mice, and then they're used to touch screens. But what they don't get is that these sort of devices use objects as input. So the fact that I see on my table a full coffee mug may want to trigger your I just arrived in the office software. It's yeah. morning, 8 a.m. and... Sorry, Ahmad, I interrupted you. No, no, no. I was just... Yeah, it just made sense. Here, <laughs> go on, go on. Thank you. Thank you. So... So this is a complete new point of view, a complete new experience, a complete new idea, and people are not familiar with it. So okay, my computer now can see what objects are around it, and can show information around them, and can take that as input. And what are you going to do with it? Well, that's what we're trying to explore ourselves, and that's why we do these uh, dev kits, and we try to enlist people's help and ideas, and we try to get other people to build their software on, on top of Lampix, which at the end of the day, we build it as a platform. And most of the content is web web content. It's HTML5, so it's very easy to build on top of. Wow, awesome, awesome. So, so it, it, it's been a bit of a, a convoluted journey, really. I mean, you're here, then you're there. Yeah, when you think you've got the company, it's a new startup. It's yeah. always convoluted. Yeah, of course, of course. So, um, okay. Based on what you've been through already, what advice can you give to those that are trying to get into the whole AR space or even trying to implement AR for their businesses? 
Oh, so from an AR point of view, um, I think the, the 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 right step is to find companies, clients who are already convinced about AR and trying to sell them your AR solution versus convincing people who don't believe in AR to start using your program, your your solution. Yeah. I mean, in general, from a business point of view, I, I don't know if you guys are interested. I, I wrote a book about how to build a million one million dollar business. Uh, it's a Kindle on Amazon and stuff like that. Um, and the, the one advice I would build about building companies and startups would be find a customer first. Find a guy with a problem or a girl with a problem who is willing to pay $10,000 to get their problem solved. And then build a solution. Then build your product. Don't don't start by saying, oh, I think people need pink cars. Let me buy 10 cars, paint them pink, and try to sell them. No, 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 no. Go to people and ask them, what color do you wish your, the, the cars were? And everybody says, wait, I, I wish I had pink cars, but I can't find one. Then I'll say, okay, I'll be back in a week. And then you go buy a car, paint, paint it uh, pink, and send it to the person. To the person. <laughs> That's yeah. a, two different approaches to building a business. So... Basically, uh, solving a pain point that people are really are really willing to actually pay for. Exactly, because if you give stuff away for free too, you know, if I was to come to you, hey, do you want a free new computer? Your answer is, yeah, sure, sure. give it to me, right? Um, but if I say like, look, it's it's three hundred and fifty dollars. It costs seven hundred to build, but we're selling for three fifty for the first five hundred, and then as we have a bigger volume, we will cost less, right? But if you need to pay a little bit to get a dev kit, then only people who really care and who are going to use it, buy Absolutely. Absolutely. That's and, that's, idea. and that's why you, you need to know your target market. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. If you, if you could go back through this journey all, all over again, and you've been in many businesses, what, what would you do differently? Hmm. Great question. Um, <laughs> great, great question. You know, I I know if I would do anything really differently. Maybe I would probably I would I would have made more videos. I feel like to understand the product, to understand what we're doing, it turns out that showing videos of it is the best way. You go to our website lampix.com and watch the, the videos. You go to YouTube and watch our lampix videos, whatever you want. We kind of made the first video when we started, and we did, and, and it turns out it was really, really useful and really helped us a lot to explain to people what we do and how it works. I think I should have made more videos. Especially your product is very, very visual, and yes, you exactly, can, you can take people away with it really because of that's just the nature of, of the of the product. And they say it, one image speaks a thousand words, so yeah. Imagine the video, it, takes, it speaks 10,000 words. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially in our case. Absolutely. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so, where can we find you online? Thank you. Well, lampix.com, lamp, like L A M P, like a lamp. Yeah. And ix.com. So, it's like lamp and pixel put together, but with one single P. Lampix.com. Yep. Uh, that's our com company. Uh, I am very active on LinkedIn. Love so it. feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, 
just email me george at lampix.com that's another option we're pretty open we have a small team we're about 40 people in the company so you know it's uh it's going pretty well good vibes good vibes thank you absolutely george from lampix thank you very much for joining me on the business wilderness you are listening to the business wilderness the voice of entrepreneurs